into the lion's den. <laughs> Tom Hackett, Spencer Warner, with you as always. How are we? Look Hello. at this, mate. Look at this. It's insane. No. Wolverine. Retired no. Wolverine. Not everybody's going to be watching uh, this, although we do put it up on YouTube, the Castle Sports YouTube platform. So feel free to yes. go check it out there. It probably sounds better than it looks. I guarantee you, and it doesn't sound that good anyway. So <laughs> it looks horrible. But uh, regardless, yeah. uh, wherever you're uh, tuning in, whether it's via a podcast or, or on the old visual stream, we appreciate your, your support as always. Spenno, how um, you're still at home. Yes, yes, for for a couple more days. That's it, and then I'm back into the office Monday as Utah, you know, opens up a little bit. Luckily for you, as as you've got a young one and uh, and whatnot, you get to stay home for hopefully the foreseeable future in the most positive of ways. But yes. uh, yeah, yeah, I'm back in the office. Well, I wish you um, all the best of luck. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get to Major League Soccer soon, and we'll talk about that. And, uh, and a bit more throughout the, this podcast. Freddie Juarez did his weekly, uh, I guess, media roundtable check-in. Uh, yeah. And there was some fun stuff that came out of that, uh, which is worth talking about specifically h- how Real Salt Lake are going to generate more scoring opportunities, how they're going to put the ball in the back of the onion bag on a more frequent occurrence uh, mm. when play does resume. I, I think it's, I, I think, Spenno, and I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure a, a lot of fans out there, you know, ha- have a good understanding that RSL defensively is about as formidable as a major league soccer club can be, or at least has shown to be defensively. They're really good. And they have been for a long time, but offensively, you know, once they, once they enter that, that attacking third, they, they've had a hard time over the last couple of years scoring. Really since Sabaria left, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. No, no, you're spot on. And, 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 And that's not rocket science. Anybody in the RSL fan base, We'll know that we've missed a goal scorer um, up front. Obviously, we thought Euromo Sissian was going to be that guy when he uh, uh, came back from uh, from Russia. All right, Quincy, how's it going? I'm doing a podcast, by the way. Love um, And um, you know, it, it didn't quite work out. He uh, he was let go and and uh, you know paid off the books for a couple of seasons, which was atrocious. Um, but we did. We found a goal scorer finally in Sammy Johnson, your your man, Sammy J. But, um, you know, whether it's a trust issue, uh, whether it's a discipline issue, obviously he was carrying a, a knock towards the end of the season, which he's still, you know, uh, recovering from. Hopefully, you know, when we get back to playing soccer, he's available uh, because we're quite formidable. You know, he, he scored a, you know, a hat full of goals when, when he started for RSL. And we looked a little bit more fast up front. Demi Krylak has done a, a, a great job of um, holding the ball up, bringing others into play, but when RSL play on that quick counter-attack, you know, that there's quick transition, we've not had the pace up front to really exploit and really hurt teams. So I'm hoping with him, Douglas Martinez um, and, um, and Giuseppe Rossi, um, you know, moving forward, you know, we, we, we could see a little bit more, but yeah, it has been an issue. And I think that has hindered uh, RSL not only obviously missing out in playoffs you know uh, previously we made the playoffs but maybe making a bit of a deeper run uh, into into the uh, the playoffs and obviously that's cost us not only playoff uh, uh, games but CONCACAF we've missed CONCACAF soccer you and, love uh, it well uh, you know it's it's just me man it's just me it's just what I love I love Champions League football don't care where it's coming from it's, it's I just love Champions League 
You love okay. You love Champions League more than you do the FIFA World Cup. Yeah, I, I know we had a little back and forth on on Twitter. I just think that the 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 standard of soccer in the UEFA Champions League, you know, the European Champions sure. League, is is a better standard, uh, and and that might also be Tom because I love my club team more than my country team. I, I sure. love Liverpool more than England. And that just, that's just me. I know a lot of uh, our friends in, in the United States love, very patriotic, love their U.S. men's national team, U.S. women's national team and youth teams. And rightly so. Women's team is freaking awesome, by the way. Um, but um, the men's have got, you know, got some way to go. But, you know, they still get behind them. and uh, still got a, a really good following. And what I, you know, what, what I kind of like about the U.S. Uh, men's team and women's team is that they'll go and play around the country. I loved it when it when Wembley was knocked down, the old Wembley, uh, as the new one was being built. I loved the fact that England would travel around. I was more interested in being able to watch England and uh, England under twenty ones um, close to the home or around the country at, at club grounds because the atmosphere I felt was better as well. Uh, Wembley was a bit it was a crap hole before they knocked it down. It looks beautiful now, still crap, but um, yeah. It's more suited to the NFL, uh, but anyway, yeah, that's. I went off on a tangent. I don't know what question you asked, to be honest. No, with you. I was. I just said that that <laughs> you enjoy the UEFA Champions League more than the World Cup, and I'm not gonna. I guess I'm not gonna um, argue the fact that the standard of football is better in the World Cup. I, I don't think. I don't think that's the case. But I. I. I there's, there's something about the World Cup that just really gets me going and the entire world you know kind of just just shuts down for you know what three weeks a month and focuses on on one event and I feel as though in the UEFA Champions League Europe for the most part shuts down but then you know you kind of go outside of Europe and unless you come across absolute psychos like yourself (laughs) you know like there aren't that many people that have (laughs) such affiliation with the club team over there. So uh, I don't it's know. True. It's I true. I don't know. The, the other side of the argument is obviously the World Cup's the World Cup. It's, it's whatever, 24, 32 teams around the world. You sometimes miss players that are absolutely outstanding for their club teams I, because I their agree. national team are dog poop. Gareth Bell springs to mind. Not knock on the Welsh. They're, they're a sort of, they had a great uh, Euros a few years back. But... You know, uh, he should be playing on the biggest stage, and and you know, I agree. Another conversation entirely, not anything to do with Real Salt Lake. No, although I would take him on the left wing for Real Salt. Lake. No offense to Justin Miram or or Jason uh, Ramirez. Uh, love you both, and I think you're going to do wonderful for RSL. But if uh, Mr. Bale was available and he wanted to come to to Salt Lake to live, that left peg is something Whoa! else. You know what? You know, he scored against Liverpool in the Champions League a couple of years ago in the final in Kiev. And that, that overhead kick. All oh, right. the bicycle. Don't say it. I know. And I was just, just like, you know what? All right. We've lost this one, but bloody hell. That was, that was impressive. Yeah, yeah, that was remarkable. He's had a couple of really cracking goals over the course of his career. When he was at Tottenham, he had a few oh. absolute... Belters, oh. some worldies, if you don't oh. say. And uh, that left peg produces time and time again. Uh, and I'm jealous of his man bun as well. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in, I haven't had a haircut in two months, so I might just carry on growing right. and see where we go. I think you should do the same, and we'll just do the man buns on the podcast. 
And we'll just rename the podcast the RSL Lions Den Man Bun. Yeah, the, the main. Or not. The main. <laughs> no, my the hair's lines, falling man. out, Spenner. My hair's falling out. I'm not. Oh, it's looking thick, man. It's looking thick. Yeah, but on, on top, you know, the crown. It's it's the bloody Sahara Desert. Well, just there. just it's... just as you pull it back and then you do the top knot there, it will cover it right up. I've always said to myself, I'm never going to be one of those people that holds on to every strain of hair, you know, for dear life. I'm, I, I just don't care enough. Like, yeah, I'd like to have a full head of hair, but I don't. So, what am I going to do about it? And, uh, and so if I, if I can't fix it over the, over the next couple of months, couple of years, then I think that's all she wrote for me, which is fine. Cause I've got a missus and I think we're happy. You know, yeah. I, I'm happy. You know, I don't know if she's happy, but she says she's happy and we've got a child. So we're good. We've got a house and now we're good. We're fine. You know, I don't need hair and, anymore. And now you're driving a Nissan rogue. So you're absolutely sorted. I am flying. Yes. Much like the flyover today. Did you happen to see that? No, I'm not going to get involved in that, Tom. Let's not talk about that. What are you talking about? I just wasn't that bothered. I heard about it, and then I didn't hear it. I was kind of waiting for it to come over. No, I didn't. I must have been one of my many phone calls today. Kill me now. Right. Um, Anyway, so if this this content doesn't get us a sponsor for uh, the podcast, I don't know what will. Yeah, no, I don't. Cutting edge. This is cutting edge stuff. No, yeah, if if you're interested, by the way, just hit me up. Uh, thacker at kazel.com is how you find me uh you can you can even email my boss if you want and dowdle d-o-w-d-l-e at, he's uh, a barcelona Kazel. fan but you know we we, we forgive him for that anyway service uh, mission in spain okay that's fair enough good for him now you were on the call i wasn't able to co- join the call with freddie warris today i was actually right. gutted because i i got the link from maddie gash i was ready waiting and then about 15 minutes 10 minutes before the call started I got on uh, with, with some work stuff and, and yeah, everything kind of you know, ruined um, with, with, with how uh, I wanted my rest of my afternoon to go. Now, obviously, you talked a little bit about RSL needing to score more goals. I think everybody in the fan base knows that we'd love to see at least another 10, 15 you know, goals or a striker that can get into that 15, 20 goal range um, to really help RSL get into there. But I was interested to find out a little bit more about what Freddie Juarez, you know, how he addressed that with you as well when you asked that question. He didn't give too much away, Spenno, because it would be silly for him to do that. But he did admit that there has been an emphasis placed on the final third throughout this pandemic. You know, you can, you can, you can spend a lot of time kind of dwelling over, over certain things. But at the end of the day, uh, if, you can't, if you can't score goals in any league or competition, you're, you're probably not going to, really compete for the title or for the championship or for whatever you're playing. And, and so the bottom line is RSL have had a pretty hard time putting the ball back in the, in the back of the onion bag the last couple of years. They just, have, they just haven't been able to do a great job of it. Um, they, 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 and this is, I guess, where I want the conversation between you and I to go, Spenner, is because in my opinion, they've been able to get into the attacking third. The problem mm-hmm. hasn't been they haven't been able to get there. I think they're, they're, they're back for... Uh, is is really is really good, and I also think their midfield, whoever's in there. But if Everton Louise happens to play, uh, Demir Krylak, you know Albert Ruznak, these type of guys, that they they possess enough skill that uh, that they find a way to get into the attacking third. Now, my biggest problem with what they've done is that I personally feel as though they've been attacking a lot down the wings. Mm-hmm. I think that they need to. 
need to try and, and, and focus more of their attention towards. And Freddie talked about this. He, he mentioned, and he, he, he said, the fastest channel towards the goal. And to him, the fastest channel towards the goal is if you drew two lines going kind of right off each goal post. You know, that's the fastest channel, no matter where you are on the pitch. Um, and so I'd love to see them be a bit more aggressive down, down the middle of the park and, and really attack centre-backs as opposed to, as opposed to attack the wing and, and try and put a ball in and hope to make cry like gets on the end of it. You're itching to speak. What do you have? Yeah, no, and you know this about me all the time. I get really frustrated when RSL will bypass Albert Rusnak. And for a long time, you know, under Jeff Kassar, under uh, Mike Pecky, long stretches, that midfield or that back line would bypass and go a little bit longer. And I, I obviously you need to mix things up 100%. All the best teams do, right? They mix it, you'll go long, they'll go short, but you have your philosophy of, of what you want to do and what you want to, how you mainly want to attack. If the attack isn't running through Albert Rustak, it's either pony or predictable um, or, or both. You know, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Or slow down. It's too much, you know, it's too slowed down. And that's why I always want Albert Rusnak more involved. Now, I know that Freddie spoke to you about him being best as the number 10. Absolutely. I like him coming back into that middle three, into, to make a middle three and be more of an attacking eight where he can get the ball a little bit deeper and drive forward. Because I tell you what, I mean, he might not be the quickest, but he's good enough to get away and he's good enough skill to get away. And particularly with the wide players we have now and the likes of Douglas Martinez, uh, Sam Johnson, uh, Deshefi Rossi, um, there's, there's enough t- uh, players to play that point role uh, more effectively with speed. Um, and I don't think we've utilized it enough. Demir Krylik, as I said, and as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, does a great job. But he does it in a different way, obviously. Holding up, you know, gets his goals. He'll, he'll get you maybe double figures uh, as a number nine throughout the, the, the season. But I think he can still do that from midfield. Um, I think you're missing a trick when you, when you move him up to, to that point. The point I'm trying to make is, is that there's more goals in Sam Johnson, Douglas Martinez, or Giuseppe Rossi, I think is the point, uh, playing uh, in front of, of Albert Rusnak with the likes of Jason Ramirez, Corey Baird, and, um, and Justin Miram uh, playing in those wide roles. So, yeah, I... The virus came at the, at the worst time, right? Because we saw a dogged performance in Orlando that was defensive and we ground out a nil-nil. And then you saw us absolutely tear apart a, a New York team uh, and only get a point. But time and time again, they opened them up. It was just they didn't get a little bit of luck in front of goal. It wasn't until we played with that proper number nine in, in Douglas Martinez that we, um, that we looked a, a little bit more of a threat. And those late runs... From midfield, in Demir Krylak, pops up with the goal. And I see, I don't think you miss a trick when he moves back into the midfield. I think he still provides just as many goals. But he's playing to his strength. We've actually got a proper number nine. Right. And I guess it does also, um, it depends on who Demir is playing alongside if he is in the centre of the park. You know, if sure, you, sure. You've, got, you've got to have somebody like Everton Louise that, that you know you can trust. Um, all day. All day long. Um, even, you know, even a, a Justin Portillo or Nick Beasley, these guys are, are for the most part pretty defensive minded anyway. And then they don't feel all that comfortable getting too high up the pitch. So um, going back to your point though, with, with Albert Rusnak, that's interesting. You bring that up. Freddie did mention that, you know, he, he, he wants to give Albert kind of the green light to, to really kind of 
do what he wants in, in a certain way, you know, you stick into certain guidelines and principles and, and strategy. But at the same time, if he has to drop back and, and, and receive the football with eight opposing um, defenders in front of him, you know, so be it, but just getting the ball at his feet and, 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 and having him feel the football, control the football, and then to dish, even if it's to a center back, you know, he, Freddie mentioned that, that that's something he would love to see more of from mm-hmm. Al, but really kind of take control of, of the midfield battle. And, um, and, then, and, then like, and then, you know, for his, for his national team, he, with Hamsik playing as, as kind of that number 10 role, he pushes out to more of a wing position. And against the Red Bulls, you saw Ruznak. He played a lot of the, a lot of the time out there on the wing. Uh, and they played Corey Baird, moved him up to, the, to, uh, to play alongside Demir. Uh, when Demir was up there at the start before Douglas came on. So there's so many, there's so many different mm-hmm. moving pieces that Freddie has at his disposal. I, I, I think Albert Rusnak, and I agree with you, Spenno, I, I think if Albert Rusnak can, first of all, find the football, second of all, if he can find it in space, the chances of Iris are winning go up drastically. I mean, you know, if Albert Rusnak finds the ball in space time and time again. RSL are going to score goals eventually, whether Albert's scoring them from outside the box or whether he's feeding the likes of the wingers or the strikers in, the ball will be scored and, and, and RSL's in a great advantage. Now, now, trying to do that's hard because RSL don't play a ton of counter-attacking football. You know, when they get the ball, a lot of the time they like to control the possession. They like to try and methodically move the football up the pitch and yeah, yeah, that gives that gives opposing teams time to kind of play quite deep, bunk it down, and then and then all of a sudden the space is gone. So it's 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 a it's a it's a chess match at the end of that. It's a fascinating back and forth between what Iris are trying to do and what they hope eventuates. It almost seems as though it's very difficult for both worlds to come together. Yeah, and and you're right. Um, particularly when when people come into to Salt Lake, and they, they'll do the same things when they go into Colorado. Now that Robin Frazier's got his fingers and, and claws into that team, uh, they look night and day compared to, to what they have been to the last couple of years. Obviously, altitude comes in and, and plays into it a little bit. They know that after about sixty minutes, most of the, the guys are going to be struggling a little bit whereas you know in a normal match it's you know you're probably looking at more that 65 70 75 minute range where you you, you know you're starting to, to feel it and it's starting to to, to tire you out um a lot um what i'm trying to say is that teams usually will come in and bunker and hunker down and i get rsl to open them up albert rusnak uh, i'm sorry i should say javier morales was used to that and he was brilliant at opening teams up. He had an absolute wand uh, of a right peg. And, and, and that, was, that was it. Albert Rusnak has that as well about him. He hasn't had the players around him, I think, that have really complimented him enough. Um, New York came in in the second game and they played a really high line. That is why RSL, time and time attempt, got, it, got him behind. The likes of uh, Justin Miram, Corey Baird. Um, uh, Douglas Martinez and Jason Ramirez when he came on. It was actually field day. And, and the delivery and, and some of the passing was, it was exquisite from, from Albert that day. So it does hold a, you know, a little, little bit of um, hope and, and um, excitement for RSL. But I don't think, uh, nine times out of ten, teams are going to come in and sit deep and get, the, get RSL to break them down, maybe hit us on the counter-attack, which is what happened for the, for the New York goal. 
and then try and hold on to something. The fact that New York didn't, they tried to, to push up, uh, kind of, you know. Silly. Ulti- ultimately, they, they, they come away with a point instead of all three. So. That's so foolish. They went up a goal as well, and they continued to play the high line. It, yeah, and yeah. It was, makes no yeah. sense. Well, we saw it the first week as well, the, the game against Cincinnati, which I think they won 3-2. Exactly the same thing. You know, just, it was, you know, just a little bit uh, strange from, from my point of view. But yeah, I just think there's, there's a lot more to come from, from RSL. And I think there is an opportunity for the counter-attacks. We see that, that uh, Corey Bed is a very strong runner. We've got two fullbacks that are very strong at overlapping and strong runners in Aaron Herrera and Donny Toya. Jason Ramirez, you know, we've only seen flashes uh, from him a little bit in training um, and, and obviously the, the few minutes that he got against New York. But explosive again, Justin Mirren's got a good turn of pace about him. We know all about Sammy Johnson. We all know about uh, Douglas Martinez. The only question marks are if, Doug, if Demir Krylak continues up, for, up top, how does that look? He can't. He cannot play up top. Uh, it's not my favourite, but he does a job. Yeah, but, okay, and then, but there's so and many then other options now. Oh, absolutely. No, no, you're, you're quite right. Uh, and, and I think you see that he's better in the midfield. And I, I don't think, you know, we're breaking anything, uh, any uh, news here. Uh, but, you know, how does it look with, with uh, Giuseppe Rossi? Um, does he, if he plays up front, does he play closer? Or does Albert Rusnak play closer to him? Um, and they swap on because, you know, we, we know that uh, Giuseppe Rossi can drop deeper as well. He's more of a, I wouldn't say a, a false name. He's more of a deeper, a deeper lying forward. Um, very technical, and, and I, I'm kind of excited to see those two. But I think there's for the Rossi first and time, Albert. Uh, Rossi and Albert, see what they look like uh, interchanging. Uh, we saw a little bit of, of Albert and, and Justin Miriam, a couple of passes, telepathic passes between those two that I was kind of excited about as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's options, but there's different options. It's not the same options. You know, it's not like for like. You know, you have. Your battering ram, your number nine, old school in what out uh, in what Demir Krylak can do, right? But then you have the pace to get in behind a poacher of, of sorts in the um, in Sam Johnson. You've got a guy that can drift into the channels um, and and has got a nose for a goal. But you know a, a, a pressing forward, so to speak, in in Douglas Martinez, and then you have that deeper lying forward that can bring others into play, much like a number nine. But, um, uh, you know, play a little bit narrower or closer to Albert Rusnak and Giuseppe Rossi. I'm just, I just need this virus to bugger off so we can get them and watch these guys train and, and watch, uh, watch the league again if, it's, if it chooses to come back. Safety first. But, um, you know, there's, there's so much potential. So much potential. It's very exciting. It really is because yeah. there are, Freddy Juarez is, is fortunate to have the talent that he does have available, um, which, which must be... Intriguing for him, his mind must be in all sorts of places at the minute trying to process just how exactly he gets the best out of all the talent that mm-hmm. he has. Uh, Sam Johnson, I think, plays well with his back turned to the goal. But I, uh, and you know, I used to watch football back in the day when the likes of Mark Viduka, fellow countryman, he would thrive with his back to the goal. I don't love that style of play personally. I'd rather see a more explosive, entertaining, um, attacking style uh and that's part of the reason why i guess i've i've fallen head over heels for for old dougie martinez dougie fresh as the lads call him supposedly so um giuseppe rossi giuseppe rossi is remarkable at what he's been able to achieve in his soccer career but he still has to prove that 
mm-hmm. his body's made for the challenge. So I guess who knows yeah. as to what the future holds there. Uh, my last question before we wrap this thing up, Spenno, is do you think RSL needs kind of uh, one goal scorer that, 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 that scores most of the goals? Do you think it could be a collaborative effort? Yeah, and, and I think that's always been the the RSL way is that lots of people contribute. I don't think I don't really care um, if we have a 20, 20 goal a season striker like a Bradley Wright Phillips or a Vela or or a Martinez. Um, I don't really care as long as we're scoring more because people come in to the stadium and pay decent money for t- season tickets or packages or single game tickets to watch goals right and and not the half on back in the jason christ days you know we used to murder some teams at uh, at um, rio tinto stadium we've we've given a couple of teams a throttling here or there um but they're few and far between and we want to be entertained and i think and to be honest with you i think freddie is an entertainer I know he's kind of, you know, he's got that little bit of a scowl about him. He plays his, his, uh, his cards close to his chest. But what he tries to do uh, and the way he wants them to play is entertainment. Like, I couldn't sit there week in, week out and watch um, a Minnesota United or um, a New York Red Bulls. That's not entertainment to me. It's just kick and run and blast and thunder and and just thundering around the pitch trying to take people out and win free kicks and it's just boring it's just 1990 all over again there's a reason why they renamed the english championship the epls to try and get rid of the the whole old school english game similar to, to how some of these teams play now obviously limited coaches limited playing staff limited coaching ability limited money, you know, sometimes that comes into it. You know, you see, you know, the giant killings that come around. RSL don't have the smallest budget. They're, they're kind of like in the middle, maybe lower middle. Yeah, we might be a small market team, but we were built on entertaining soccer. That is now the DNA of Real Salt Lake. Jason Christ, and I know I've said this already, I harp on about him, he changed the complete DNA of what was expected of this club. Um, the the uh, professionalism, um, the desire, and where this club wanted to go, and it's why it won a championship, and it's why it won went to other major league soccer finals, it's why it went to a Champions League final, and and, and whatnot. The DNA is set; you can't take that away. We're in the record books. We have a championship from two thousand and nine, and when he left, strayed a little bit. We kind of rested on those laurels, and I think Freddie. Uh, and proof is in the pudding, so to speak, of, of, of what he does. But the way he wants RSL to play, maybe not formation-wise, but entertainment-wise and getting results and, and grinding out results where it needs to be ground out and murdering teams when they need to be put to the sword, I think he's got that in him. Uh, and, and that's the highest compliment I can play, for, pay, uh, pay him as now the, the full-time and, and not the interim head coach of Real Salt Lake. I was I was just about to say, you know, one of the many reasons I'm on the on the Freddie Juarez bandwagon at the minute, anyway, uh, and why I'm a, a big fan of the hire. Although I, I must admit, I was somewhat skeptical when mm-hmm. the news broke. Sure, sure. Uh, since then, however, you know, I I feel as though fa- the fans, including myself and and yourself, Spenno, have a decent idea as to how he wants the team to play. There's an identity about mm-hmm. the club at the minute. It's control the possession wear out your opponent 
And when the time's right, and hopefully that time comes sooner in the match as opposed to later, you pounce and, and you don't hold back. And, you know, there's a certain method to the madness, if you will. Whereas under some of his predecessors, if you will, you know, uh, Mike, Mike Petke, for example, I don't want to necessarily throw shit. I just, I never really knew what he was trying to accomplish. Or maybe that's not true because I know what he, he was trying to accomplish. He was trying to score goals and win matches and defend well, but I didn't know how he was trying to go about mm-hmm. that business. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, you know, there was, the, they were constantly playing these long balls through the air and then he'd harp on in post-game interviews about his fullbacks, you know, not getting it deeper enough in the attacking third. And it's like, yeah, it's all fair and dandy coach, but you know, like, can we, can we have some consistency to it? You know, the fullbacks aren't going to win or lose your games necessarily. There are, there are a bunch of other players that need, need to showcase that as well. So I, I like what Freddie's been able to do. He has an identity to him. Uh, he has a way in which he wants the team to play. He's pretty vocal about that as well. Uh, he doesn't shy away from the fact that he wants, you know, he wants other teams to know that they're going to try and control the ball. And it, yeah. uh, uh, that doesn't matter. You know, like, why does that matter? It doesn't. You know, if teams know that going in, you know, even if they didn't know that going in, then you know, they'll find out eventually, you know, 20 minutes into the match. So well, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's be honest. When you look at, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a secret, Tom. I mean, you look and you look around the world and you look around Europe, um, um, the coaches, you look at Pep Guardiola, you look at Jurgen Klopp, Sir Alex Ferguson back in the day, um, plenty of coaches, you knew or you know how those teams are going to play. You know, it's your job to stop them. A lot uh, of it's the time not, you it's, can't. Well, yeah, a lot of time you can't. But at the time, it's not rocket science. It's not like they're going to find out something amazing, you know, with five minutes before kickoff um, that that's going to you know change and alter whole things. Now, obviously, you know, things and the ebb and flow of a game, they try different things. Absolutely. But it's a simple game, and people try to overcomplicate it. And um, I don't. Th- I think when you don't um, stick to a set of principles or a philosophy, sure, you have to like the old uh, uh, Bruce Lee, uh, be like water. You know, you have to run and you have to go to you know what what you know what's gifted to you and go with the flow, so to speak. Um, but I-, I think there is a right way to play the game, and and there's a right way to fill up a stadium. There's a right way to win plaudits around Major League Soccer. Uh, there's a right way to make the playoffs. There's a right way to win a championship. Um, and, and I think Freddie has got that. I'm not saying RSL is going to win a championship, Tom. I'm not, I'm not being daft here. But there is, there's a way of going about it. And I think there is a more professional and more in-depth and more preparedness about Real Salt Lake than we've seen since Jason Christ left. It's not been there until Freddie Juarez was uh, was was the interim head coach, and and I get and we get small sample size, right? You know, he doesn't have too many games under his belt, so nope. we we shouldn't try and get too ahead of ourselves. Nope. But at the end of the day, what I what I also enjoy is is I feel as though, and I'm not in the locker room, you know, granted, but from what I've heard, what you've told me, what what other people around the the club have mentioned, you know, his main focus is on his his eleven players that he sends out there week in and week out. Yes, he focuses you know, a portion of his time on what the other team are going to try and do and how that, how Real Salt Lake are going to try and combat that. But at the same time, it's all about them. And if they can handle their business, they feel as though they're better than any team in the league. And I think that confidence 
is uh, is something that uh, that can go a long way. It's infectious, if you will. And uh, if the team rallies uh, and and jumps on board, then uh, then who knows what the club can do when the league eventually gets back quickly. Side note: uh, Freddie did mention that there will be some news coming out shortly regarding the. The, the potential return of Major League Soccer. So keep your eyes peeled for that. CareSellSports.com for all the information. If you happen to miss that, check it daily and uh, and it'll be up there. Spedo, it's been a pleasure. It always is. You look great. Good to see you. Sound oh, better. thanks. Oh, yeah, all good. All good. Wonderful. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.